Superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Howdy, folks. This is good old JR Jim Ross. I want to thank you for downloading the Ross Report. And I certainly want to thank all the sponsors. We've got some great sponsors who make this possible every single week. If you've heard the podcast before, you know that I love to talk about DDP yoga. Ladies and gentlemen, it's helped so many people from all walks of life and it can work for you too. If you haven't, head over to ddpyoga.com forward slash Jim Ross and check it out now. DDP Yoga. Folks, there are no actors, no models, just real people with real transformations. For instance, check this out. Amazing story. Check out Jared Molenkoff who met DDP on the streets of Utah. Jared had lost 190 pounds in eight months doing DDP yoga. And then, and then fast forward nine months later, and Jared's lost 313 pounds. That's amazing. By God, amazing. So don't wait. Go to ddpyoga.com forward slash Jim Ross and check out all the great deals that DDP has for the listeners of the Ross Report. There's also the famous DDP Yoga Now app for working out on the go. That's available on iOS and Android. And uh, by the way, for our friends in the UK, if you're in the United Kingdom, You can meet Diamond Dallas Page as he goes on his DDP Yoga UK tour. I'm just mad about Dallas. Dallas is mad about me and we're going to the UK. I'm just mad about Dallas. Dallas mad about me. Mr. Barnett, that's enough. That's enough, my friend. DDP Yoga is going to be in the UK. They're going to be there from September the 8th to September the 18th. Golly. 10 big days. So get all the details by going to ddpuktour.com. That's a big deal. It's going to be great. ddpuktour.com. Check out the website. Check out the dates. And change your life with the Diamond Dallas page. Okay, Gordon, your turn. Again, go to uh, ddpyoga.com forward slash Jim Ross. Uh-uh. And be on your way to not only changing your life, but to own your life. Uh-uh. I mean it. He's considered the greatest broadcaster in wrestling history. Yes, sir! And now, WWE Hall of Famer Jim Ross, the legendary voice you heard calling every major wrestling match in human history, brings his famous friends to the podcast world. Nice. Welcome to the Ross Report. Indeed, hello again, everybody, and welcome to some more Slobber Knocker audio. I am good old JR Jim Ross. Thank you for downloading our program. Thank you guys and appreciate 
you all for uh, going to Apple Podcasts and subscribing for free to this very program because, as you know, uh, every Tuesday night at 9 o'clock Eastern, 6 o'clock Pacific, our show drops, as they cool kids say, and it will be automatically downloaded into the device of your choosing and uh, on Tuesday night so you never miss a show. No strains, no pains, can't miss a thing. So it's free, free service at Apple Podcasts. Today uh, on the show, first-time guest, I'm thinking a future Hall of Famer, without a doubt. He spent 32 years until recently leaving WWE. My guest will be Steve Lombardi, better known to many as the Brooklyn Brawler. He has a new audio book. Uh, he's going to start a wrestling territory in, uh, in Bay City, Michigan, in a training camp. He's wrestling, making appearances. He's a cottage industry all to himself. And you can follow him on Twitter at Brawler Real. Brawler Real is his Twitter handle. So we'll talk to Steve here in a few minutes about uh, his career and what's going on. And, you know, he, he's, got, he's an interesting dude. He had the first match, I believe, with The Rock. He had uh, one of John Cena's first matches, if not the first. He had Owen Hart's first match in WWE. He had Bret Hart's first match in WWE. So he's had some amazing uh, opportunities to work with some of the greats in the business. And there's a reason for that. There's a reason he was booked with these top guys because the company knew the brawler had fundamentally sound skills, was not an egomaniac, was not selfish, was going to make the star that they were building look good. It was a kind of a, I always thought a guy like him to be commended for their skill set. And the other thing I've said a lot of times, he was reliable. 32 years on the job, that's reliability. So if you get a guy you can count on when times get tough, you go to that guy. You use him. Keep him around. And that's what happened with Brawler. He did a lot of uh, interesting things. We'll talk to him about that. But 32 years, I, I'm wondering – how do you make it 32 years in the same wrestling company in this day and age? Challenging piece of business, let me tell you. So we'll talk to the brawler about a lot of things. But first, here's what's on my mind. It's time! It's time! It's what's on JR's mind? Well, the first thing that's on my mind, of course, is the May Young Tournament. I say, of course. It could have been something else. It could have been the Ohio State-Oklahoma football game Saturday night, couldn't it? It could have been. But what's on my mind right now is the uh, great response, and I really want to thank the folks that have, I've, I've heard from on Facebook, you know, on Facebook and Instagram, Jim Ross BBQ, certainly on Twitter, at JRSBBQ, uh, your kind remarks that you supported the program, you understand the project, you understand the importance of gender equality, and these women get an opportunity. I hope that somewhere along the process, we can look past, well, that match was blotched, this spot was wrong, or the wrong person went over, or that this was a, this was a strange booking, or JR misannounced a hold, or pronounced a name, or something that I probably did. And we understand that this is a little bit bigger deal, that the commitment to bring 32 women to an event it's scary in itself, <laughs> but I mean, it's, it's really, Hey, there was a lot of hair and makeup people there <laughs> more than I ever saw in my whole life. 
But nonetheless, and seriously, the cause was, I think, very honorable. That WWE will go to the expense and the time and the effort to bring that many deserving athletes to get an opportunity to get on global television and display what they can do. And it really goes back to that old saying we talk about, maximizing your minutes, because if you're not winning in the first round and, you, and you're in a first-round match that you're doing the honors for, that means you got X number of minutes to make an impression based on how you're booked. So it's not a deal where you've got to get all your shit in. It's a matter of how, did, did my stuff enhance the person selected to go over. So uh, I appreciate the uh, feedback. Uh, Lee and I have worked very diligently on it. But, you know, sometimes you, you wish you could do things. You go back and I know I could do things better with more practice. But I feel badly that some people are knocking the commentary and dragging her along and Amy along when it's not really fair. I'll take it because I probably could do better. And I'm not too big a man to say I'm infallible. You'll hear it on September 12th. It'll be live, no net, no editing, no second chances, no redos, no upon second thought. Upon further review, number 99 was holding. We'll go live, no net. September the 12th from Las Vegas, and it'll be uh, one match. And I heard the show that's going to be built around the match is really going to be spectacular. I'm told there'll be a lot of dignitaries there, a lot of famous athletes there, a lot of famous wrestling stars there, a red carpet, I think, some cool stuff. So uh, it'll be a lot of fun. Live September 12th, I promise you, for those of you that have not liked some of the commentary, we'll make every attempt to do better. How's that? Is that a deal? Speaking of commentary, JBL has left the airways replaced on SmackDown by Corey Graves, who will be working both Monday nights and Tuesday nights live. Great opportunity for Corey. He's really a talented kid. He's going to be an incredible note-taker and uh, organizer to not mix his metaphors, so to speak, and keep his, uh, some of his material to where it's not being so readily duplicated. And that's the case you get in when you do five hours of live television and back-to-back nights. Yeah, come on. So, of course, he's a hell of a hand. I think I said this in one of our shows, might have been the show in New York City with Paul Heyman, that I believe that Corey will make more money in his career now that he's on the broadcast side than he would have ever made if he had not had his concussion issues where his wrestling career was cut short. In other words, he's going to be a big, big time star as a broadcaster if he continues to evolve and his attitude stays good like it is now. And hopefully it will. I don't know why it wouldn't. A JVL is going to hop on here this week, but he's in the mountains training for a mountain climbing uh, event, so to speak. He'll be uh, on a mountaintop this weekend. He's soon going to be inducted into the Abilene Christian Athletic Hall of Fame. I think that's in a couple of weeks. He was a great football player there for them, offensive lineman. And then he's going to India to, to look at some uh, opportunities to uh, help develop programs to encourage youngsters through athletics to stay in school and to go continue their education, which is amazingly honorable. But John and I exchanged uh, text messages and so forth uh, just uh, 
before I went on the air. And he's very happy. He's, he feels good that he made the right decision at the right time. I concur. And he's got a lot of big plans, uh, some very exciting things I'm not at liberty to talk about right now, but they're very, very exciting. And I can just say a bravo to uh, John Layfield. He made a great decision. And equally bravo to WWE for making it an easy, don't overthink this problem. Corey Graves was your answer. And now you got him two nights in a row. I like it. Great news uh, hearing that Ric Flair is improving. Uh, he's still got some miles to go, but he's uh, seemingly, you know, I, I, boy, that's what I'm thinking. He's out of the woods. You know, he's going to, he's turned the corner. So uh, that's great news. So no matter how long it takes from this point till he's, you know, back out in, uh, in public, if you will, uh, I don't get, that's no, that's not, a, that's not the issue. The issue is he's getting better and he's not on death's door any longer. So, uh, look forward to getting the Nates back out there rocking and rolling and he's 30 for 30 is coming up and, you know, imminently going to be a big timer. Those things are always iffy. You know, I, I probably am going to be in that, that 30 for 30, maybe I'm guessing a soundbite or here or there. Do you know how long I was in the studio recording it? Like three or four hours. And out of the three or four hours of almost interrogation in a good way, really delving and looking every turn and row, even if I, even if I didn't have a sentiment, it was a, it was possible to have uh, this outlook on a specific item, if that makes any sense. So now they can use anything they want. And really, you don't know, the, the viewer is not sure where, you know, J.R. might stand in this deal. Understand this. It's going to be an amazing documentary because Rick is an amazing person. Rory Carp is a phenomenal filmmaker. The story is infallible. You can't screw this up, I don't think. I haven't seen it now. Don't want to jinx it. How do you screw this story up? But no matter how it comes out, you know, none of us are perfect. My, what do you read my book? You're going to find things out in my book about J.R. the father and J.R. the husband and a lot of things that, uh, you know, I needed to say before it's too late. And you never know when it's too late, right? So Nate is documentary, I'm sure, will be controversial because He's lived a controversial life. How do you tell the story of a controversial life without controversy? With pablum? With buttermilk or something? And I need something a little stronger than that. So I, I think it's going to be great. And I, I just hope that uh, it's good on, for everybody. Because I am uh, so proud of my friendship with Rick. And I remember there's a chapter in our book about he and I met Jan the same moment, same time, same airplane, sitting side by side in a little, a little fir on a first class flight from uh, West Virginia, I think to Atlanta or something. So I mean, he's we're we're attached at the hip for now on. 1989 was a good year for all of us. Those matches with Steamboat. So I'm glad Nature's out of the, the woods, and let's keep praying for him, and hoping he gets better. He's the best, no doubt. Look, uh, No Mercy is kind of getting looked like the, one of the better pay-per-views in a while, too. You guys notice that? L.A. is going to be, uh, of course, Staples Center in Los Angeles. On September 24th, I just got back from L.A. a few days ago. It's seven shows for Access TV from the G1 tournament. Great stuff, too, man. Really fun wrestling. 
really felt good to be able to call wrestling in the athletic presentation that access requests. Works for me. But boy, no mercy's loaded. I like Strowman and Big Show. My hat's off to those guys. They worked hard. They had a good PG-rated cage match. And that means I'm being a wise ass saying it didn't have any blood. I'm not complaining. I'm just saying it before while you're thinking it. But they had a good match. The little cherry on the Sunday, Strowman lawn darted the Big Show on Raw. Right? He did. Making Big Show the largest lawn dart in captivity. But it was a good exclamation point to the end of the night. That cherry on the Sunday thing, the sauce on the ribs, you got it. Good stuff. It left me thinking, those little buzz there. So uh, Strowman and Brock will have their main event in Los Angeles. Good market, good planning. Ambrose and Rollins against uh, Sheamus and Cesaro, scheduled as we speak uh, for the tag titles. No reason that shouldn't be a great match. There's just no reason. The women have a little different road to travel. There's four of them. And the last four-way we saw for a title, we saw the guys do it. And it was badass. Lesnar, Joe, Reigns, Strowman, remember? So now the ladies are going to be in that environment. On a high-level match, on pay-per-view, four of you. Very unpredictable. I get it. But hopefully it'll be a very good presentation. I'm sure that it will be. But they have to understand you got to give some to get some. It's going to be challenging. But that's good. John Cena, Roman Reigns, very compelling booking. The crowd reaction and the, how they how the crowd provides the soundtrack as this match progresses in Los Angeles is going to be very, very interesting. And I am very compelled to watch it very closely because I want to hear the match as much as I want to see the match. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? The card's hell of a card, right? And I didn't even mention Finn Balor and Bray Wyatt. And there'll be more. But uh, really a good show. September 24th, Los Angeles, Staples Arena. I was just there. I was at Staples Arena with my friend Jacob Ullman from Fox Sports here a while back. We went to the Staples Center. And uh, so we went to see Roger Waters there at the Staples Center. Great show, by the way. Hadn't seen Roger Waters. Pink Floyd, business picked up. It was a great show. It's a really a, the right city for this card, and uh, I'm excited about uh, checking it out. I kind of wish I was tying it into a trip. I'd like to be out there to see that one. And by the way, we're talking. We haven't got it finalized. We're looking at maybe doing a my first time ever to do a ringside with Jim Ross show actually in Los Angeles or in, the, in, the, in Southern California. Uh, maybe in October. By next week, I should know, yay or nay, on that deal. That's going to be a could be fun because there's a lot of venues out there that want us to play, and and I'm kind of looking at doing some of them when I go out to do the uh, Access TV work for New Japan. Good stuff all around. I don't know why I got on t- Roger Waters tangent, but uh, I you know I'm familiar with Pink Floyd for God's sakes, but Jacob's my music buddy guru, so uh, he hit another home run with Roger Waters. Football this weekend, you know that. OU at Ohio State, Horseshoe, National TV, Black Hat, yes, will be there. Thursday through Sunday. 
Don't forget tip your waiters and bartenders, by the way. If you see me in Columbus, don't be standoffish if you want a selfie or, or something. I ain't going to bite you. That ain't what I do. I like to meet folks, and I really want to go to the tailgate because i got to believe that some of those rich Ohio State boosters have got good food and good, good booze and cold beer. And they might want a wrestling story. I'll trade you a wrestling story for a beer. How's that? Not a bad deal, huh? And I'll give you two stories for a crown of water. All right. Well, folks, uh, before we go any farther down this crazy road, we've got a great show. Brooklyn Brawler, Steve Lombardi here. A lot more to go. More closing thoughts later in the night. And but right now, that's what's on my mind. Before we get to the Brooklyn Brawler, Steve Lombardi, and that is his real name, I might add. Let me tell you guys about FanDuel. Fantasy football fans, the wait is nearly over. Big boy football is back this week, and that means FanDuel is back. FanDuel is fantasy football for everyday fans. There are new contests starting every week. There's something for everyone at FanDuel. Lots of contests to choose from, and get this. Starting at just $1. Just pick a contest, choose your team, and watch your score in real time. This is what I like right here. Are you listening to me? Get on the telephone and call somebody. Here it is. Over 2.5 million players have won a cash prize playing fantasy sports on FanDuel. So my question is, why not you? Sign up today. Just go to FanDuel.com, click the Join Now button, and use my code, Ross. That's important. Don't get left out this NFL season, kids. Try FanDuel for free with no deposit required. Visit FanDuel.com to claim your free contest and play for a share of $10,000. All you got to do is sign up by using the promo code ROSS. That's uh, fanduel.com. Uh, uh, uh. Promo code ROSS. That's R-O-S-S. What else would it be? Void word prohibited. Uh-uh. Hello, this is Coach Jim Harbaugh with my esteemed colleague and co-host J.T. Rogan. And we're excited to announce our new podcast, Attack Each Day, the Harbaugh's podcast, that's coming to Podcast One. Each week we'll be talking to different members of the Harbaugh family along with athletes, celebrities, and unique guests. On different episodes, we'll have my dad, Jack, my brother, John, my sister, Joni, my wife, Sarah, and even my kids from time to time. We'll have great guests each week, and we'll attack each podcast with an enthusiasm unknown to mankind. Sounds pretty good to me. So join us each Tuesday on Attack Each Day, the Harbaugh's podcast here on Podcast One. Also make sure to subscribe on PodcastOne.com, on the new Podcast One app, or at Apple Podcasts. And Coach, who's got it better than us? I know the answer to that, JT. Nobody. Hey, folks, i got a favor to ask of you. know, I ask a lot of favors here. I appreciate your indulgence. We're asked to do a lot of things in this show. We serve a lot of masters. And corporately, uh, I want to encourage you for me to go over to podcastone.com forward slash my survey, or you can simply go to podcastone.com and click on the survey banner uh, to take this short, uh, completely anonymous survey. This survey will take you probably five minutes or less of your time, 
And it goes a long way in helping us research what you guys like, what you don't like, as it relates to advertisers and things of that nature. We think in the long run, it'll help us make our show better. And that's what we're always trying to do. So uh, again, suggestion, uh, go to podcastone.com forward slash my survey, or go to podcastone.com, that's podcast1.com, and click on the survey banner to fill out the short anonymous survey. And with that, I say thank you. The Ross Report. Well, he's a guy that I've known for a long time. And if anybody's got great stories about the, the wrestling business and his uh, fascinating career that's lasted seemingly forever and is still ongoing, Steve Lombardi, the better known as the Brooklyn Brawler, is with me tonight. Steve, thank you for being with me. Well, thank you for having me, Jim, because I really respect you, and I think you're one of the best play-by-play men I've ever known in my life. Well, thank you very much. Will you stop? I'm not, I'm not kissing your ass. I'm telling you the truth. I'm telling you the truth. You like my monsoon there? Will you stop? <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. How you been, Steve? I've been fantastic. I've had the best year of my life. I'm out of the company for one year, and I have made more money than I've made in the company. I've done two two wrestling matches per week. I uh, I just wrote an audio book. I wrote a book. And I, I went audio first. It's on Amazon, on iTunes, and uh, it's called Brawler Unfiltered. If you read that book, or if you listen to the book, it's an audio book. It'll tell you from the birth in Brooklyn to a young boy growing up in a Catholic elementary school from the kindergarten to eighth grade who the, the, the parents looked at them. The, the, the nuns would beat the hell out of us with an iron ruler. But in those days, the parents, my parents would say, you had it coming. Good for you. In this day, they would say, well, we got a lawsuit against the, against the Catholic school now. <laughs> I mean, they know it's true. Cause I talked to a lot of people in Catholic in Catholic school. Those who know used to beat the hell out of us. Yeah. Well, uh, you probably deserved it, Steve. Come on. Uh, well, I did a lot of stupid things <laughs> in my career. No, I got to do Does this book have a happy ending? You got to read. You got to listen to the book, and you're going to hear. You're going to hear a lot of wrestling stories that you never heard before. You're going to hear my upbringing in Brooklyn. You're going to hear the sort the way I got into the wrestling business. And you're going to see how which which wrestlers I dealt with, like Mr. Fuji and Arnold Scolan and everybody that you know, Jim. Yeah. I mean, I've been in the company for 32 years. 32 years. So I'm, how much of this something right? Yeah, I'd say so. Well, you know, Steve, one of the questions, I solicited questions through my friend Sean Creedle there in Baltimore. And Sean has helped, helped me with these, uh, wrestle up these questions from Instagram and Facebook and so forth. And one of the most frequently asked questions was, how did you survive 30-plus years in the wrestling business with one company? Well, you were there for how many years of those 32? Oh, 20-something. 20-something. So you know that I was a hard worker. Anything I was ever asked to do, anybody was asked a job for, I had no problem with. I had no ego. And I've always done the right thing because you, you've never had a problem with me for nope. your 20-something years. Nope, not one. Not That's any, right. Not any. Uh, so on this audio book that people can get at iTunes and check it out, how much is it? I don't know. They knocked the price down because it's an hour and 35 minutes. Oh, really? I start, Yeah, so they said that they gave me this big spiel about it's the length of time. But I'm not in the, I'm not, I don't care about the money. I care about the story. 
So it's a cheaper book. It's, it's like on iTunes for six something, and it's on another thing for seven something. It's a different price. Okay. But you deal with Amazon. You got a new book coming out too. I just seen it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, October. The name of your your book is Brawler uh, Unfiltered. It's on Amazon. It's on iTunes. It's it's just running wild. They're like putting it on everything, and it's just pending on good. certain things. Well, good. Well, I, I'm sure that some of my listeners that who love to consume as much wrestling as they can, and they are always looking for new sources for that information, those stories, those experiences, because no one that I know can replicate your story that you have acquired through your journey, because your journey is so, so damn unique. You it's, know. it's weird. Isn't it weird that they, they call me like the biggest, you know, he, he's a job or he's doing this, he's doing that. My role in the company was to make the other guy look good. So when a guy goes to me, oh, you always get your ass kicked. You know what I say? Thank you very much. When, when do I get my Oscar? Here's the thing. As much as the business has been built over the generations on the shoulders of some very physical uh, and tough men and women, and some very intelligent men and women. It's, it's still a fictional situation. I tell the story of that in the book of how that was my role, that was my job, and I never had a beef with doing a job for anyone. No, well, hey, look, it's fiction, for God's sakes. I used to have guys who say, well, you know, I'm, I'm a little uncomfortable doing the, doing the favor. The immediate thought cloud over my head would be that I was Jerry Seinfeld, <laughs> and I was given that line that I don't want to be a cowboy. Right. I don't want to be an Indian. I want to be a cowboy or whatever it was, right? Right, right. But it's like, it's the same deal. It's, it's being childish because you're playing make-believe. That's right. So, and you know who got it? You know who really got it? Dusty Rose when he put the, the polka dots on him. He understood it. He says, they're making me look like a fool, but I'm going to show them that I'm going to be make it cool. You know, and he did it too. Yeah. He did put Sapphire with him. But the funny thing about my career is I'm practicing everything that I've ever preached in WWE of doing everything perfectly and not having any ego about it. And every promoter is giving me whatever I ask. I'm making, I'm making so much money. I've done comedy now. <laughs> Good. Pro wrestling is always the TV show pro wrestling. And sometimes a lot of us, including myself, can take ourselves too seriously. But at the end of the day, it's kind of a entertainment variety show built on uh, athletics and action adventure and it should be half-assed mindless television i don't I, agree. I don't want to strain to watch my to watch an hour of wrestling and i really don't want to strain to watch three hours of wrestling i agree i agree i think it's too long i think three hours is too long i think we should go to two i mean even triple h said that in an interview i feel that today we are competing with ourselves because we, we, when the Monday Night Wars were going on, we had the highest ratings we had. We were in the sixes and the eights. Remember those days? Oh, yeah. And now we're going uh, main event against main event. Main event, we're giving, giving, them, we're giving them everything. So what I'm doing right now is I'm, I'm, I got a territory now in UC, it's called UCW. It's in Michigan. And UCW is, is you know, remember Art Door? Yes, from okay. Tough Man Contest. Yeah, you know, Art Door is a big shot out here. He's got, he's worth a couple of hundred million. He's got, he owns every building in Bay City, Michigan, and, and where we run our, our shows at, he owns the buildings. Now, Art's a really great guy. He's still in business, the construction business. He's got his boys running now. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to get a building, which we're going to secure in October, and we're going to have a wrestling school in there. We're going to have a, a, a ring set up in there. We're going to run shows weekly, and we're going to get, we've got a deal with CW in Michigan. We're going to be the first TV show to be broadcast in Michigan. But the catcher is, Going 80s. 
I'm going 80s with top guy against Brooklyn Brawler, top guy against Brooklyn Brawler, top guy against Brooklyn Brawler. Mm-hmm. You gotta you gotta pay to see top guy against top guy. Sure. You know what? I'm, you see where I'm coming from? Sure. Yeah, I understand. You're competing for the the fans to buy tickets to come to live events. That's exactly. A, and you're not competing. Well, sponsorships, for... sponsorships will be involved now that we have the TV show. Sure, but I'm not, but you're not looking to try to find your way in a national television audience. You're looking to service your your <laughs> geographic area, right? Well, oh yes, I you got you got that right. But I did bring in Jerry Lawler. I brought in Eric Bischoff. I brought in Vicky, and I got Jimmy Hart coming in on the 16th. Now, I don't want to rely on the national stars like that, but I'm bringing them in to gain the interest locally. Sure. Uh, and Jerry, when he came, he tore the damn house down. That guy, he, I, I wrestled against him by the end of the, the match. He wanted me to do everything to him. I mean, I mean, I don't want to do half the stuff to him. <laughs> he, he didn't slow down. Good old Jerry. He's still the same Jerry he was when he was 30. The thing about the king of all the great things that he is able to do within the business. You know, Jerry could be a, a great booker if, or a creative guy if he chose to do that again right. uh, or someone had a place that uh, could utilize his mind and creativity. He could have been a manager. He could all of the commentary, all the years he and I worked together. But there's nothing on the earth that he enjoys doing more other than maybe having sex. <laughs> yeah, is, I know. Is uh, wrestling. Yeah, and that's why he wrestles at six. I guess Jerry's sixty-seven or eight. But he's doing he's doing it with psychology. Oh, I know, but he's everything he does, well, he's he, getting the most from the least. Like a lot of these guys today, like I'm finding these indie guys. That's why we're going to start the school. I'm going to train them from scratch. These guys go around the block across the street, and nobody wants to do a job. I don't, I don't want to do a job. I don't want to do a job. You know, and all I'm trying to do is teach them keep the ego at the door. When we don't care about jobs, it doesn't matter who wins or loses. It matters who steals the show. Uh, it, it goes back exactly, Steve, and it goes back to if you're looking to be in another vein of show business and acting, and you're in Hollywood and you walk into a casting or a reading, you want them to change the part for you, and oh, you're you're there with a hundred other people reading for this role. Either you don't want to do it; somebody else will. Exactly. So move on. Exactly. Yeah, if you can't do it, you don't feel good about losing a fictional athletic event. Then you're so insecure that maybe this type of business isn't for you. I agree. You've got to leave the ego at the door. Yeah. But, if, but other people, even the top guys, they think about losing all the time. Like, but a lot of guys swallow and they say, forget it. Like when you think of, I had to lie. The, the things I've done in the company. Like, I mean, you were there for most of it. I had the Rocks first match. I had Bret Hart's first WWE match. I had Mark Henry's first match. I had Owen Hart's first WWE match. I had Ricky Steamboat's first WWE match, which I don't know if you were there or not yet. I wrestled in Madison Square Garden over 50 times. Wow. I beat Triple H in the middle. In the middle. <laughs> in the well, well, Jericho came in and yeah. Bulldog came in. But here's Steve. Do you remember it? Yeah, sure I did. It was great. And they, I don't want to piss on your campfire, but you know. I also beat Triple H in the middle. In Did you really? Garden. I missed that. I forget that one. And I was a bloody mess, mate. Oh, yeah. He left me a bloody mess afterwards. And uh, it was a no DQ match. No disqualification. Oh, so I had, I had a big run-in by Batista. Oh, I get you. So, so, you, so you're in the same kind of situation. Let me trump you. <laughs> I submitted Jinder Mahal at the Barclays Center in the Boston Crab. <laughs> wow. 
Now, well, what, I'm not lying. Go to the network. No, no, I could. I could go I, to the. I, do, you, do you remember that? My heart couldn't stand it, Steve. Something I, I couldn't. Some, I, I don't like it either. And some, I didn't. I didn't ask. That. I didn't ask for that. Something that I scintillating is hard for an old timer like me to handle. I know, but why would they, why don't they look at? I mean, I love Ginger to death because he had no ego about it whatsoever. But he was the weakest link in three B in, in Vince's eyes. I would assume at the time because they released him shortly after. But now he's the world champion. Yeah. What do you think of that? I saw him. Uh, where did I see him? Oh, I saw him actually. Steve, I saw him in Brooklyn. I was well, in, I was in Brooklyn when you were in Brooklyn. I was doing. A, I was hosting a rap show with Mega Ran. He's a he's a famous rapper who's a good friend of mine. And believe it or not, can you picture the Brooklyn Baller rapping? A lot of these people that sit questions in, as I mentioned, on, uh, Instagram and, and and Facebook and so forth. Kay. They wanted to know if if you look at the term jobber as being offensive. No. Because I think I think anybody who really knows what they're saying would 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 realize what it goes into being. What they like to say, technically enhancement talent, jobber. I got news for you: it ain't easy to be a jobber. Mm-hmm. It ain't easy. It hurts more than it, it hurts the top guys. I mean, you can't fake gravity, Jr. You've been in that ring. Yeah. You know. Yeah, we have. I mean, you've, you've done a lot of crazy shit in that ring too. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you can't. That's the thing about it. You, you can't fake gravity, and you're still going to land somewhere right. along the way. You're landing on something. It's not the flight that's bad. It's those damn landings. You know. I know. I know. Uh, it's crazy. Uh, you trust the guys. That somebody wanted to know if you if you kept track of your one loss record, which I thought was kind of a funny question because I, I never really kept track. I always kept kept track of my wins. Triple H, Battle Royal at Madison Square Garden. I beat the Ultimate Warrior once. Uh, I'd be Red Rooster many times. Yeah, but I don't keep. I never say five to thirty-five to one hundred because I've had thousands of matches. All right, that's why. That's why. That's why I thought it was kind of funny. Yeah. Somebody asked me what your favorite match, Jr. And I never answered it because I don't have an answer. My favorite match of all time would be Shawn Michaels and Madison Square Garden for the World Heavyweight Championship with DX in his corner with China and and and, uh, Hunter outside the ring. Yeah. You remember? Were you there for that? I was. And if you remember right, Sean bumped his ass off of me. Hunter just jumped to the apron. I popped him. He took the bump. China came in and Frankenstein me. I mean, it was it was great. And you know, then he finally gave me the super kick one, two, three. I was privileged. That's the one thing about my life is I am grateful for all, all the things I've ever had in my life and was able to do. And if I never got another thing in my life, I'm truly blessed. That's a good philosophy, Steve. You'll, you'll sleep good most nights, though, with that in your head. That's good. Uh, so that's the way I live. Yeah. That's the way I live. You know, your your wins, those big wins you're talking about, are, are also a, a popular question. It, yeah. it was the backstory about defeating Triple H in 2000. What was the setup for? What was the angle on that? Well, uh, well, the whole deal was that was Triple H was working an angle with uh, with uh, Chris Jericho, and Chris Jericho and uh, Mankind, Mick Foley was the GM. So Mick Foley put Triple H in a position where he would be in a handicap match with me against Kai and Tai. So when Kai and Tai came out, he started laughing. When I came out, he laughed, laughed even more. Now I kind of played like ring general. I put him all around the ring. We all attacked Triple H at once, beat the hell out of him. And he gave the uh, pedigree to one, gave the pedigree to the other. Kicks me into something, puts a B in the pedigree. Uh, Jericho runs in the ring, gives him the bulldog. The referee knocks the referee down, Triple H. Gives him the bulldog. I pin him. One, two, three, and I can hear the words right now. Michael Cole. I can't believe it. Brooklyn Brawler just pinched, pinned Triple H on SmackDown. I can't believe I'm saying this. Yeah. WWE Network. That's cool. 9.99. Go to it. Do you watch a lot of the network? 
I, 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 yeah. And it's all, yeah, I, 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 I'm pretty much of a wrestling freak. But, you know, a lot of things that I've learned from WWE, the knowledge that I've taken with me, I've also taken the things that didn't work with me. So I know you can't shove a talent down someone's throat. You can't. I don't care who you are. And you can take, you know, you know what, you know how I like to prove that? The ringmaster. Until Steve took it over himself and said, I'm, I'm doing it this way, he never got over. The ringmaster was not getting over. Right. You agree with that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. The, the ringmaster, the moniker, the ringmaster and the backstory for it were, was a little shallow. But the key thing is that even if the creator was good and the talent did not connect with it, it was not right. going to work. I agree. The talent's, I gotta, agree. the talent's gotta connect with that TV persona and make it theirs so it becomes as natural a presentation as you can get in that in that genre. Another example would be Rock when he first went out, we go Rocky might be Rocky sucks. Like he used to come back in the dressing room and he used to go, I can't believe they're doing this. They rejected me, they rejected me, rejected me. And then finally the day it turned around is when he says, You know, all you people you keep saying Rocky sucks, I just got one thing to say. It doesn't matter what you think. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, we love you, we love you, we love you. <laughs> you know, JR, only a person that's in the business can understand this. Did, you know what I mean? Yeah. When you work with him in his first match, right. uh that was a you know, we booked that match right. for the reason that people should know is that we had high hopes for, for Dwayne. Yes. And he, we thought he had uh, an amazing opportunity to be really good. And, but we needed to make sure that, that first match under his belt was going to be with somebody that we could trust. Right. Trust was the issue. It wasn't how many bumps you could take or how high your backdrops are going to be, if they were going to be, but it was right. trust that you could lead this kid and not lead him down the wrong road. And not so. Therefore, you go in the wrong road. Here's what happens: you go to the wrong road, folks. In life, you pick up bad habits. Bad shit is on the wrong road. That's right. So that's uh, right. We didn't want him to go the wrong road, and and to your credit, Steve, that you didn't allow that to happen. And he no, he got, off to, he got off to a good start. It could happen because I went to dinner with him that night, and he get and, and all of a sudden a little bit of ego came out because I'm not happy. They're offering me this much money. I said, Rock, if you don't shut your mouth. If nobody knows you. I said, you realize when you walk to the ring, you got no reaction whatsoever because they didn't know who he was yet. I said, shut your mouth and let it grow. And then they sent him to, ten, uh, to Memphis, to Jerry Lawler, to mm-hmm. Flex Cavana. Then he finally came back until he found himself. You know, when I finally seen it, I was working in the pre-tape boom and they had the nation of domination. And I was, we had no boom man. So I would take the boom from one person to the other and I would watch uh, uh you know, Mark, Mark Henry say something, then I would watch Ron Simmons say something, then I would go to Rock, and then Rock would just be like, just special, the way he talked, the yeah. way he came out. So he would be outshining all the other domination guys. I mean, the thing it was D.L.O., I can't remember everyone. But that's when I first seen the spark. He didn't even see the spark yet. But that's when I felt the spark. But no one will ever believe me. I seen seen the spark before Cena seen his own spark. How so? John, John Cena, I walked, John Cena used to sit around in LA like with a, I told you, you were in on this story. I, I, he had a, he had a mohawk and they used to call himself the prototype. Remember that? He used to walk around in LA yeah, and, sure. I mean, Vince would pass and wouldn't even look at him. You know, big muscle head. How many, how many, how many of you guys ever see like that? <laughs> yeah. And then I, I heard he could talk. I called him in the ring. I said, into the pre, it's pre-tape room. I say, hey, hey, kid, I heard you could talk. 
cut a promo for me. Just just cut a promo. Anything you want. And he did that thing where he talks and then he talks in reverse. Yep. Where he rewinds. I said, holy shit. And I went into Vince's room. And I said, Vince, we got to render. He goes, what do you mean? I said, this guy's a talking machine. I, I, I'm telling you. And then I told you. You know what you told me? I've been telling him that for a long time. That's what that's what you said to me. Yeah. I know you don't remember that, but you know, that's what you said. I'm and then I'm not saying he wouldn't be a star without me, but I'm just saying I seen it in him. I seen it in him. Some of us are saying the same thing that you were saying, Steve, because we saw what you saw. You know, he he could really right. he kid was a, he was gifted. John mm-hmm. was gifted, and the uh, you know talking about him and you've been with him. You've been there since. Day one with him, you know. Since Vince, I've been there since Vince Senior was there. Did Cena have some of those special properties that you could define or identify very, very early on that gave you the indication that this kid's got a chance to really be good? Yes. When he, when he did a promo, he didn't just do a promo. He had confidence in his promo. He had inflection in his voice. Now, people do not understand the word inflection, but I, I'm very big on it. Regal will tell you, Booker Ball is very big on inflection. And I always use for an example, like if The Rock said, if you smell what The Rock is cooking, or if you say, if you smell what The Rock is cooking, he had that inflection. The, the, you, you understand what I mean by inflection, right, Jay? Sure. Yeah. But a common wrestling fan would say, what do you mean by that? What do you mean by that? It's... Peaks and valleys in your voice at the right time. I guess that's a good explanation. Because mm-hmm. people don't, like, like I got this guy right now. People don't understand what a green screen is. I got this tech guy, this Dale Tech Studios. This guy's got a studio in his whole basement. He's got a whole room that's a green screen. Wow. He's got, he's got, and what I do now is I bring the talent in there. We put him in a green screen room. We got this one guy, we call him the soul taker. He's like a, a cheap imitation taker, but you don't look like him. And we, he's got zombies that come out and walk around him <laughs> and stuff like that. I mean, well, we could do all this stuff. You're the we booker, do, Steve. You can do anything. I'm not, yeah, but I, one thing about being the booker is if it fails, it's your fault. See, that's your baby. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. But if it, it does well, it's not because of you. When you had that first match with The Rock, was there, you went to dinner with him and then you had the match. And then I'm sure you broke it down. You analyzed it. And oh yeah. You and I, with he with, with with him, how was he after the match? Did he think he did well? Was he euphoric? He, was he dejected? He, or where was he? He knew he did well because mechanically he did very well. He did not have the the charisma that he had later on. He didn't have all that. We I knew he had a base, and when we talked, I told him. You're a good-looking guy. You got a good body, but you look like a jock to me. I said, "You look. You look like a football player." But he had this in his head: "I want to be the best. I want to have this. I want to do that." He he, he was like very, uh, very tenacious. Very I don't know if that's the right word. He very very anxious to, to be the best there is. But I I knew it would take time, and I told him it's not going to happen overnight. It's not going to happen overnight, and it didn't. It didn't. It doesn't happen for anybody overnight. You're right about that. And uh, some people are willing to take those terms and begin a journey that doesn't have an exact timeline. You, you kind of get a rough ass, uh, GPS, you know, you know, your destination pretty much, but you're not sure how, how long it's going to take you to get there. And some people aren't willing to invest in the journey. And that's where that's, you lose a lot of guys there. Then you got to put it, 
together right. You got you to have it all put together and do it right. You could have a journey. You could have a whole plan. But if it's not written right and not done, not executed properly, you'll never get to that finished product. Yeah, but he was really – he was smart. You know, he told me, I believe it was the day that he signed his contract. It was right around that whole that whole metamorphosis of change and him getting signed. And right. he said, uh, just so you'll know, I'm going to be the best guy on your roster. He said, I like that. Yeah. I like that. Uh, he hadn't even had his first work. Main event or any no. type of. We hadn't any- done anything. He hadn't been in the yeah. locker room yet. He was always confident. He had, always. A, he had a plan, but he could pull off his confidence. You wanted to kind of be attached to it. It, I didn't feel threatened by it. I didn't feel that he was being arrogant. That, is that how you looked at it? He was just natural, yeah, no, natural I didn't, with it. I didn't look at it as a cocky, uh, we're going to have trouble with this guy look. I, I had to look at it. I hope you're right. You sure got all the tools. Yeah. I hope you know how to use them. That's the way I looked at it. Yeah, yeah, he was really good. Uh, I just thought something special was there. Uh, and we'll be back with more, again, more in-depth on uh, John Cena, The Rock, what's going on in uh, – WWE and how you can get a hold of Brawler, your events, and he does a lot of appearances. We'll talk about that. But first, uh, this one of the great sponsors who make this podcast possible for free, and those are my friends at True Car. Boy, I dread this process, but folks, when you're looking to buy a new car, you want to feel comfortable that you're getting a fair price. That is the bottom line. The bottom line is the bottom line, right? With True Car, you can get information that empowers you with pricing context that lets you see what other people in your area paid for the exact car that you want. That makes all the sense in the world. It's pricing that you'll see before going to a dealership so you can feel confident when you show up there. And with True Car, you can connect with a local certified dealer of your choosing. When you're ready to buy a new car, ladies and gentlemen, I encourage you to visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. With True Car, you can have a game plan. You got a strategy and it works. However, uh, some features are not available in all states. Uh uh-uh. uh. Okay, just a moment here to talk about my bookie. Mybookie.ag has been the number one rated online sports action site for three straight years. That's not an easy accomplishment. With the NFL season starting this week, now is a great time to get in on the action. Join thousands of online players and start betting at MyBookie. MyBookie has in-game live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business, folks, and an all-new, best-in-class mobile website that makes wagering, get this, on the go, a breeze. I'm a busy man. I'm traveling. And, man, this just makes things so much easier. You get an idea. You get a thought. You get a gut feeling. You you can do something with it. And unlike some other websites you might find, MyBookie offers fast, no hassle payouts when you win. Join now and my bookie will match your deposit with up to a 100% bonus. That's a hell of a deal. All you got to do is uh, use promo code ROSS, R-O-S-S, to activate this special offer. 
Visit mybookie.ag today, ladies and gents, or call 844-900-BETS. That's 844-900-BETS. Expert or rookie, you got to check out my bookie. Ha <laughs> ha. Didn't knock it out anyway, did you? Sign up today and use promo code ROSS, R-O-S-S, to activate this special offer. Uh-uh. Double gin, please. I'm Lance Storm, and if I can be serious for a minute, I'd like to invite you all to join me and Cyrus on Killing the Town, where we discuss everything pro wrestling, share road stories, and explain the importance of being top talent and staying over. Check out new episodes of Killing the Town every Tuesday at podcastone.com, the Podcast One app, or subscribe on iTunes. More with the famed Brooklyn Brawler here on the Ross Report this week. I want to uh, remind you guys, if you haven't, to subscribe at Apple Podcasts again for our show. We really appreciate it. If you do, you know, it's a free service, first of all. It takes you about a minute to get it done, and you'll never miss an episode of our show because they will be automatically downloaded into the device of your choosing when you subscribe to the service. And we appreciate you for doing that very much. It'll go right to your phone or your tablet or whatever you choose. So that's on Tuesday nights at 9 o'clock Eastern, 6 o'clock Pacific time. If you're there and have the inclination, I would thank you very much for leaving us a five-star rating and a review at Apple Podcast. It's a big help to us. We appreciate you guys for doing it. This is the Ross Report. Back with the Brooklyn Brawler, ladies and gentlemen. I got, I got a thought in my mind. Like, if you want to compare Rock to John Cena, I would say Rock was very, very confident, almost overconfident, even though he's a great success. I would say Cena was not quite as confident, but still had the same ambition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was. You know, the funny thing, and it's not exclusive to their background, but more often than not, in my experience, I have found that guys that come from an organized sports background, and both those guys were football players, ironically, could have been something else, but they have to be college football players. Right. And I find that guys that come from that world generally have a competitive gene that they bring with them. And they don't want to be the guy that takes a, a lousy arm drag or the guy that can't throw a good punch or the guy that can't take a good crisp flat back. They're competitive in learning those skills and then even more competitive in how they put them together. And I think that's what I always saw with Cena and Rock, guys like Lesnar, same deal. Yeah, oh, Lesnar was a late boomer. Lesnar did it a different way. Like, Lesnar came in. I mean, this guy's a specimen, and everybody knows that. But he, he was no Rock. He, he didn't have that magic. He needs, he needs Paul Heyman. But when Lesnar left, and then he went to football, and then he didn't do fair so well. I think he went for the Vikings, I believe. Right. right. You know, and then he didn't make it. And then when he went to UFC, where they all laughed at him. And then, and then when Frank Mir got him in that arm, that leg bar, whatever the hell he, what you call that, I, he, he handed him this leg. He was just green. He was just green. Right. But nobody could beat him pound for pound. But he, he built himself up in UFC. And he made himself a UFC champion. He gave credibility to WWE by being UFC champion. I would love to see you call a UFC fight because yeah, they, they, they don't know what they're missing. That'd be fun. It'd be a fun deal. I would love to see you call Mayweather and McGregor the other night. Yeah, that would have been a blast. Morrow and my buddy Al Bernstein. Oh, they're good people. They, Al's a good dude, and uh, they they had fun. I think a little bit was tongue-in-cheek with them because of the outlandish hype and presentation to the mixed event. You know, right. the, the MMA fighter who's never had a boxing event, 
a match professionally in his life against arguably the greatest fighter of the generation who's 49 and 0. The 49 and 0 guy is supposed to win and he did. Right. So but right. I, I enjoyed the spectacle and Steve, you know, for guys like you and me, they, we look at this pay-per-view. It did, uh, I don't know how many million, five million buys or something. It's something ridiculous, a lot of money, but a, a lot of people make money out of that, that gig other than just the two fighters. So guys like you and me were on the pay sheets on something like that. We get a little taste. So it's that, that success of that pay-per-view is good for a lot of people in a lot of different businesses. So I'm, I'm my hat's off to those guys for putting on a, a hell of an event that we all wanted to see for a hundred bucks. No, I agree. I agree. And I think everybody got their money's worth. It went 10 rounds. What did it go, 10 rounds? Yeah. yeah. 10 rounds, and it was a technical knockout, I think they called it. He was blown up. Yeah, we oh, call, yeah, it, yeah, we he, call it getting blown up. Yeah, he was, he was, he was <laughs> uh, the, uh, as Monsoon would say, is the needle is on empty. <laughs> the needle is on empty. Yeah, the, the, gas tank is, the gas tank is empty. Yeah, the needle in the gas tank is on empty. <laughs> Dang right. This guy's uh, are asking about general questions about managers and You've been through your you started when you started in the business. Managers were kind of in, in vogue; they were kind of in fashion. Oh yeah. WWF had a lot of managers over the years. It's dwindled, and now there's essentially Heyman, who's the best, one of the best ever. He's, right. he's by far the best talker in the business right now. Oh, I would say so. If you want a sellable a point made, that's a, a necessity to get your storyline over. There's no one in the business better to deliver that message than Paul Heyman. There you go. <laughs> I love it. And so, uh, just the not, but the question a lot of these, a lot of these questioners ask about what do you, what's your take on managers? Number one, who's the greatest manager you're what, around or you work with or you saw? And secondly, for guys that want to be a manager, if you could give them any advice, is there any advice you can, or hope you can give young guys mm. that don't want to be a wrestler? They want to be a manager. I have a hard time answering that question for them, quite frankly, but what's your answer? Well, I would have a hard time also never being a manager, but I, as far as the best manager, I really have to say Bobby Heenan because he was my manager. Yeah. And he was really my only only manager, and he he was one of the best in his day. Mm-hmm. You know, now Heyman, if I was going to come in now and I wanted the manager, I would say, give me Heyman, please. But that doesn't mean, you can give Heyman anybody, but that doesn't mean that guy's going to get over. Without a doubt. Heyman adds a lot of great garnish to the entree. Right. But you got to have the entree. You got to right. have, and, and, and now, if you give him that material, he can make it much, much better. And that's what he's done with Brock. Oh, uh, big time. You know, because Heyman can deliver that message that connects us as a fan to Lesnar because we're hearing Lesnar's advocate tell us what Lesnar's thinking. So I, well, I, I kind of think it's kind of neat, you know. Oh, I like it too. Uh, why don't we have more managers? Yeah. That would be a that would be a Vince question, and I don't think everyone needs a manager. Oh, me neither. Me, I, I think, you know, I think that it's like <clears throat> there was a time when the territories started, in the right after the territories really uh, eroded to where it was just basically WWE, WCW, and Indies. Uh, the 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 art of the manager and new managers being developed and discovered. And given an opportunity to run with the ball, like I gave Paul Heyman on at WCW in the eighties, because uh, I I had him become my partner on the Saturday Night TVS show, which was a hell of a gig. Right. And he was a greener and grass kid 
a smart mouth kid from, uh, you know, Scarsdale. And nobody on the booking committee wanted to work with him. I write about this in my book. It's a hell of a story, but I took him and uh, it worked out uh, well because we grew to know each other well. And it helped our work on the air because we fought like cats and dogs, but we had a mission. We knew where we were going with this bullshit. He's really good, man. He's uh, he's, really, he's he's really good. So what did you learn from, because I know Pat Patterson was one of your biggest advocates. He was always, you know, when I was booking the house shows, he'd don't forget the brawler now. Okay, Pat, I got it. I got it. I won't. No. And when I could, I did. And but, well, but you know, was, what? But what did you learn? You're in a position now, Steve, in your territory there in Michigan, where things that Pat Patterson did kind of secondhand are skills and and things that you could really use right now. It's like an instinct that he has. Yeah, he's able to look at things and give the people what they would never expect. That's his great talent. And I would say I would say he, he has that greater than any man has ever had in the business. I, I don't know if that, is that a good way to put it? No, yeah, sure it is. Well, my point is, for you as a booker and doing creative and booking matches and developing talent, uh, knowing where you want to go at somewhere down the road, and there's a you've got a bill guy to get there where it makes some sense. If you want me to pay to see your top guy versus top guy, there's got to be a reason for their match, and there's got, and there's got to be some anticipation built. Wrestling fans love to anticipate. Yeah, well, we did in the '80s. What we did was we had Pedro Morales beat up one. We'll use the word jobber to show I, I don't care about it. And we'd have another Morocco beat up a jobber. And we'd have another uh, we'd have Roddy Piper beat up a jobber. But at the end of the night, you'll see Piper fight Morocco. That's the anticipation. I, I mean, do you think it'll work again? I think it will. I don't know. Uh, it's if you can. If you can get people hooked on that match you want to buy, and for whatever reason yeah. get the town over, it's a matter of making stars and being able to create a personal issue that the fans can buy into and not roll their eyes. So, oh God, here's another poorly acted sophomoric wrestling yeah. angle. Yeah, and they don't want to see that shit. Right. You got to. You got to get good top guys. You got to get good, good, solid workers. Good jobbers. Fundamentally sound. Fun, all the way around, Steve. Fundamentally sounds what. If guys couldn't didn't have a decent skill set, you know, you, you'd rather not use them until they have developed such. Still a star driven business, and until you can get some of your local guys there to get hot, uh, or to get over whatever term you want to use, you, you know, using the Jerry Lawlers of the world is is a good idea. Oh yeah, he's got, he's got name identity, and he's going to come in and he's going to give you your money's worth for whatever you're paying him, and the, he's the, the fans going to enjoy watching Jerry work. He, he like he's He's as psychologically sound as anybody that wrestles right now. I agree. Psychologically I agree. sound. Now he's sixty-seven or eight years old, but that's what I'm saying is that when you have when you get to go see Lawler in a, in, a, in a match like Steve in your in your area, he's he's doing the most his most favorite thing. He'd rather wrestle in your town than be on the broadcast team at WrestleMania. I truly believe. I that. know he, he's old school. He's got that old mentality. The old school mentality. I truly believe that. You ever get asked about your favorite opponent? You talked about the Shawn Michaels match in the garden. Right. Is there anybody that you work with that, when you think back on it, you kind of cringe a little bit because it might have been a little bit clumsy or stiff or whatever? Yeah, yeah. When I when I went to Japan for the first time and I wrestled Tin Roo at the Egg Dome, I was I was I thought something could go wrong here <laughs> because because they're like you know you know who Tin you know everyone Joe you know who Tin Roo is yeah. 
And it, it was always, it was so funny because I wrestled him in Japan, and they they were cheering, and he you know he beat the shit out of me, suplex, suplex, suplex. When he came to New York, they said, "Oh, pull Lombardi with him." He was with him in, in Japan. Uh, yeah, good. Thanks. But, you know, you know what that meant boring, boring. You know what? They just didn't know him. Yeah, they didn't know him, and that's the way it was, and that's the way it is. But he was he was a little rugged. Uh, yeah, he was rugged. The, the, when I went to Japan, the first, I went in with the Yankee shirt. The, the, remember the great Kabuki? Yeah. He, he, he ripped the shirt off. He goes, no shirt in Japan. <laughs> That's what he said to me. I said, holy shit. But I knew, I learned one thing a long time ago. If you get, if you get a potato on purpose, you give a receipt. If you don't give a receipt, you're going to get another potato. Absolutely. You, you're going to get pushed as far as, as the bullying will go. That's, that's, exactly. That's all it is. A bully will always back down. A bully will always back that's, down. That's all it is. Is bullying. So there's this guy. Uh, I don't know if you ever knew Bob Sweetan. He was old uh, heel in Territory days. Not a good guy. I wrote about him in my book too. It's probably the only negative. Probably the most negative thing I say about anybody, unfortunately, is about this guy. And he's he just was a good person, but uh, he was right. a bully like that, and he would take liberties with people until they put their foot down. Yeah, then it was and the, they stopped real quick. Well, they yeah, stopped th- real quick. Then it was always the same old wrestling deal. Oh, man. That was just, I was just ribbing, man. Just, I was just, they, yeah. all, they all rib on the square. And, yeah. a lot, and a lot of, can you explain what ribbing on the square is? Ribbing, rib, ribbing on the square, uh, <laughs> that's, a, that's an inside term. I, I'm, a, I'm, just, I'm trying to think of a good wording to say that. Ribbing on the square, like you really mean it, but you pretend you're ribbing. Well, you, yeah, you, you, you really down in your heart mean what you're saying, but you leave yourself an out if you're called on it to say, Hey, oh, come on. I was only kidding, man. Yeah. Ribbon on the square. Yeah, ribbon on the square. And it's, it's, it's a, it's been in wrestling since the day I walked into my first locker room in 1974. Yeah. It's still, it's still there today. I'm sure. The art of the con. Some of those old territory <laughs> guys are the greatest con men of, of, of all time. Oh, I can imagine what you seen. I can imagine what you saw. You can imagine what I saw even before you came in. The George Scotts and all these different people that came in. George, you know what the first move George Scott wanted to do was get rid of Hogan and bring in Flair. I mean, I love Flair to death, but he wanted to replace Flair with Hogan. Well, the thing about that is that you know you'll get an argument from some people that that would have been a good move. But here's the other thing: uh, I'm not I'm not advocating that, Steve. I'm just saying that. I wouldn't want to replace Hogan at the sake of losing Hogan. Right. You, you know what Flair, I, now, Flair could hold the spot because Flair was that uh, over back then. And, he didn't, and Flair could have. Flair, Flair was a giant in his day. Oh, yeah. But I, just, but I wouldn't want to lose Hogan under any circumstance. Yeah. So, I, said that, I said that same statement to Flair, and he, he knew all about it. What was your relationship uh, with Jim Helwig like? Because Oh, my God. Because there's, there's, a, I, story, there's a story there. And, you know, he was a strange dog. You know, he's, yeah, he was yeah. a unique cat. And uh, he was that way, uh, not as profound or as boisterous when he was a Blade Runner with Sting in the Mid-South Territory. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, then he, uh, he he got sideways with the big cowboy and uh, uh, Watts ran him out of the Mid-South. Sting stayed, and uh, Warrior went to Dallas to work with Gary Hart. Right. And became the Dingo Warrior. I remember that. And then his next stop was with uh, WWF. But I always felt he was 
I never quite figured him out, to be honest with you. I didn't say he was a bad guy. He, he, I wrestled him like 40 times in a row, and he knocked me out a couple of times. And there's a story in the book which people are not going to – I'm not going to give it away, but there's a story in my book. It's very sentimental. So Jim, Jim Helwig and I had a, had, a, had a bond, and the bond was so strong that it led to cry, him crying in my arms. Uh, but there's a story in the book. Get the audio book. Brawler Unfiltered, it's on iTunes, it's on Amazon, it's on Audible.com. Get my T-shirts on Pro Wrestling Tees. I'm, I'm doing all the plugs I can, Jim. <laughs> all the plugs I can. Go ahead. And, plug, um, plug away, baby. Okay. Pro Wrestling Tees. Go to Brooklyn Brawler. Go to ProWrestlingTees.com. If you want a special message from Brooklyn Brawler, go to Celeb, C-E-L-E-B-D-M.com. And you request a Brooklyn Brawler's message, and you'll get a message. Get Brawler Unfiltered on Amazon, Audible.com, iTunes. Every review so far, I think there's 10 or 12 of them, all five stars. Great. Congratulations, Steve. Uh, well, I don't, I, I don't know what that means. It's, you've, you've done many books, Jim. I want to check that book out. I, I, I'm anxious to hear your stories and... Uh, and the well, if you want, if you don't get bored with my Brooklyn upbringing, because <laughs> I because did my, you I, I, <laughs> did you did you actually read your own book? I wrote my own book by hand, longhand on on a on a pad on a yellow pad. God, you Mick Foley'd it. That's what that's what Bischoff said too. Same exact thing. Yeah, I Mick Foley'd it. But then when I was reading it to my wife, my wife was going, "Boy, it sure sounds good when you're reading it." And the Bischoff goes, "Please do an audio book. Please do an audio book." And he goes, "Because your accent, your accent." Yeah. But uh, I, I guess, but, but I, I took it from birth. <laughs> I was born. I was born this date, and then I took it right till today. That's good. And, how, know, how, and how long is the 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 total time? One one hour and thirty five minutes. Really? I'll take you to I'll take you to fifty six years of nonstop, professionally done in a studio where they take all the breaths out in between everything, yeah, yeah. tighten it up. They, I mean, this guy's a real pro. Cool. Dell Tech Studios, this guy's a pro, and he was 15 minutes from me. Can you tell me one or two things about the Ultimate Warrior that the common fan might not know? Well, Ultimate Warrior was a funny cat, like you said. Like, like he would walk into the dressing room, and he would go, I just seen you yesterday, and I shake everybody's hand again. Hello to everybody, all right? You know, like that, you know. So that's that's one common thing he would do, and he would uh, he would always be in a separate dressing room. Why, be war, why was war, that? Warriors, not not because he wasn't liked, because he liked privacy. Hmm. He liked privacy, you know. And then it always had always had on the on the front warriors room, like uh, with a piece of paper and all that. Don't go in warriors room. But he was a good guy. Well, I remember one time I had a flat tire on the highway. He pulled over with the limousine to get in. You know, like he he, he, did, he did a lot of good things for me. I I, I got along with him. Yeah. He said to me, I'm the only one that did not knock him on his DVD. He told me that days before he died. Really? Yeah. I, I wouldn't do it. I don't believe in negativity. Right. That's good, Steve. That's smart. I we, really don't. We, we, have to be, uh, we have to be smart enough to eliminate as much negativity as we can control. Oh, God. You get nowhere with negativity. No, no. You get nowhere. No. Hey, Jim, believe it or not. You could you could look at world champions and this and that, but I've had the most unique roller coaster ride of anyone. I would honestly say when you when you look at everything that I've done, I don't know I don't know what it takes. I don't know what a contribution consists of. Is it consists of a rider riding you to have the world championship belt, or is it that you went and you made that belt with your hands and you grounded? 
Well, you know my theory is the latter. It's, it's the work, the the hours, the miles, the dues paid, and you surely paid a lot of dues. Well, I think so. I think so. By the way, that warrior thing, I remember he mentioned you in his Hall of Fame speech. I think. Yes, he told me to stand up. Oh, cool. Yeah, he did. Thank, thank God you weren't in the toilet. You were no, there. he told he told me that he was gonna, and the whole story is in the book oh, of good. what he was gonna say and what he wanted to say and what he didn't say and what he did say, and it's gonna be and it should be surprising to a lot of people. Good, good. There you go. That's good storytelling. See, that's, yeah. that's a false finish. Well, yeah, you, it's a false finish, and I want them to buy the match because because the okay. next match we got the finish. Yeah. That's Brawler Unfiltered. I got, we got that. We got and that. tell them to follow me on Brawler at Brawler Real. Twitter at Brawler Real because I know I know Jim, you're very powerful on Twitter. I am. I'm, I'm very, very, I'm very powerful on Twitter. 1.6 million followers. Some people call me Mister Twitter around my neighborhood. <laughs> so uh, that's funny. So Steve, you got a lot of projects going. Keep me posted when you're going to open your school, uh, and uh, I'll I'll try to get the word out there because uh, okay. you got you got a lot of population. In that area, and that, oh, Michigan's an uncapped, uncapped territory. Yeah, yeah. And, but Steve, you also got—if you look about a four-hour, four or five-hour drive from from Bay City in all directions. Right. Yeah, that's a lot of geography, but oh yeah. And yeah. there's a lot of guys who want to live their dream, and uh, you have a lot of name identity. So there's no reason that this thing is organized and and uh, structured because there are some good schools. You know, Lance Storm's got a great school in Calgary. The uh, Dudleys have done well in their school. Right. Seems like Ali. Uh, who else? Is there's other missing. There's a ton. There's a few. There's a few of them out there. Yeah, there are a lot of. Uh, Lance Storm. Yeah, I'm missing that. Lance. Yeah, you just plugged in the other day or something. I seen. I seen a tweet of yours. How'd you like to shout out someone? You do shout out for. That was for any, his... that was in the May Young tournament. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The women's tournament. Yeah, old May Young. Oh, ain't that something? You got any May Young? You got, you got a quick May Young story? Well, yeah, she, you know that she always said that she wanted to have a wrestling match against Stephanie McMahon. You knew that, right? Right. Yeah, it never happened. When she was 100. Remember when the Dudleys put her through, a, through like, a table off the stage? Yeah. Oh, my God. She was a trooper. A lot of people, including me, were trying to, to go to Plan B. Do we have to do this? And she got wind that some of us were trying to protect her. Right. And it pissed her right. off, and she started cussing and was offended that anyone would think that someone her age couldn't take a bump like that. And she was right. like 80 something. Oh, she was incredible. She was incredible. There's guys in the locker room that wouldn't have done it. No, been, absolutely they, not. They've been absolutely. scared to death. Absolutely not. Sports entertainment. We could do anything. Do you know the day I beat triple H was on a SmackDown in Florida? You know what happened to me the day before on raw? I was put through a table by the Dudley boys. It was me and Kurt Angle. There's the Dudley boys right to a table. And then only in sports entertainment can you do that the day after. You're a very resilient athlete, Steve. <laughs> Ain't that something, Jim? Hey, uh, but I, I urge everyone to get the book because the velocity of the stories haven't even been touched. There's stories about Jimmy Snooker. There's stories about Ronnie Piper. There's stories about Sneak, uh, Seeker. There's stories about Sheik. There's stories about Bobby Heen. There's stories about Andre. You know, there's, there's a lot of stories about a lot of people that they're going to see people, they're going to see parts of these people that they've never seen before. Brawler on, on Amazon, Audible.com, iTunes, great reviews. I haven't got, I haven't got one bad review. Good, good. Are you missing, uh, your weekly WWE television tracks with, with, uh, Harvey Whippleman and, uh, to be honest with you, I'm still traveling just as much. We just came back from Baltimore where I did my first comedy act. 
me and my wife have been doing road trips. Right. You know, we, we drove up to Brooklyn. I actually drove, prefer, I'm, I'm semi, you know, I don't have to be on a plane. I took two to four planes a week for 32 years, Jim. Yep. Two to four, that's, that's a little insane, wouldn't you say? You got a lot of miles, right? Oh, yeah. I don't know if they expire or not. Well, you don't want, you want, if Steve, take my advice one more time in your life. Check out those miles to make sure they don't expire. Because yeah, I'm going to do that'd that. Be sin- do that'd this. be sinful. That'd be like burning money. I agree. I agree. I'm going to take my wife on a really nice trip. Where are you oh. going to take her to? I don't know. She just went, oh. Tulsa? I don't know. You're getting me in trouble, Jim. Tulsa. I, I think it's going to be overseas somewhere because i got so many miles. I, want to, I like to go first. You know, people don't realize when you go overseas, the first class trip is a, is part of the vacation, too. You know, you lay back in that chair with the movies and all this stuff. You you, you know what it's like. You've oh, done yeah. it all. Oh, day. yeah, baby. You know. Well, Jim, I'm so glad right. that I got to share part of my life in the business with you. And uh, I'm so happy I'm on your podcast. And uh, I Oh, just, Steve, my boy. No, oh Jim Jim Barnett. Oh, <laughs> my boy. It. How about how about Randy Savage? When they when they went like this, I'm like, oh yeah, I like what you're doing, brother. I like your style. <laughs> how about Hulk Hogan? You know something, brother? What if you get so big they won't believe if they beat you? I mean, they told me so many different, so many all the advice I got over the years. <laughs> Could you imagine if I would have if I would have fell fell into that trap? Oh, you did good. Yeah, you did. You did. You're a good man for the business. And I'm glad I had you on. Thanks, Steve, for jo- joining us. And uh, best of luck to you. Thank you very at, much, Jim. At Brawler Real. Is Follow me. Follow on Twitter, at Brawler Real. Everything on Steve's appearances. I'm sure, Steve, they can get to that. Uh, do you have a website? Uh, I own BrooklynBrawler.com, but I don't have it active right now. There's a website on my Twitter account okay. that if they want any booking. Twitter, I, yeah, there you go. They go, to, go to my Twitter account, Brawler Real, and it has my uh, booking website on there. If you want to book Brawler for a bar mitzvah or a private <laughs> session with your wife, all kinds of things. He's always available. And there you go. He can cook. And he's Italian. Believe it or not, my wife's a hell of a cook. And she, she cooked a few of your recipes out of your cookbook. Cool. Good. Well, we appreciate that. Hey, Steve, thanks, man. Thank you very much, Jim. Appreciate you, Well, Steve. I said if you ever come by, she wants to make you a good southern cooked meal. All right. I'm in. You got <laughs> Take it. Care, Jim. You got, a, got a deal. Take care. Good talking to you. Here at Podcast One, we love hearing from you. We read every tweet and comment you send our way. So don't miss your chance to take our summer listener survey. Just go to podcastone.com and click on the survey banner. Or go to podcastone.com slash mysurvey. It only takes a few minutes, and it gives you the opportunity to make a direct impact on your favorite shows. Tell us how you really feel so we can get to know you better. We value your thoughts and participation. So check out the survey at podcastone.com slash mysurvey or click on the survey banner on podcastone.com. Well, folks, before we wrap up the podcast this week, I, I want to tell you guys about the, the return of a, a great show. I've talked about it before. It's an Emmy-nominated docuseries from A&E. It's groundbreaking. Leah Remini, Scientology and the Aftermath has returned for season two with new episodes on Tuesdays at 9, 8 central on A&E. Now, you know, Leah Remini, Scientology and the Aftermath follows the actress Leah Remini, along with high-level former Scientology executives and church members, as they delve deep into shocking stories of abuse, heartbreak, and harassment experienced by those who have left the church and spoken publicly about their experiences. Leah is going to continue to her quest to give a voice to these victims of the Church of Scientology. Catch up on episodes of Leah Remini, 
Scientology, and the Aftermath at A&E.com, on demand, and in the A&E app. The Ross Report. The Ross Report. Man, I'll tell you what, Steve Lombardi is a busy man, and I admire him for that. Brawler Unfiltered, if you didn't get it by now, is the audio book. He kayfabe me on his big stories, the son of a gun. <laughs> I don't blame him. But it'll be it'll be a fun uh, listen. At 90 minutes, he said. Hour and a half. How about that? So check it out. Uh, Brawler Unfiltered at iTunes and uh, all the things he said. What he said. Wherever you find audio, it's there. It's the same, all the major places. Uh, and so good having him on this week. Steve's an old friend and worked really hard. 32 years for WWE. I, that's just an amazing accomplishment. There are other people that have been there, you know, that long or longer as well. So, uh, you know, Howard Pinkle was, I think the first employee hired by WWE. So, uh, but there are others been there a long time, but it's hard. And especially going from wrestler to uh backstage producer, tough, tough transition, but Steve did it well. And he, uh, had a lot of, had a great run there. So, uh, good having him on and hope he does well in his future endeavors. As they say, my ringside with Jim Ross show with good old Jeremy Borash, uh, seeing will be coming to Boston on Saturday afternoon, December 16th at laugh Boston. It's the same weekend as uh, WWE being in town. It's going to be big. Tickets are on sale now for our show at laughboston.com. Again, uh, Jeremy Borash will be joining me. He's a great MC. He's a great tag team partner. We'll have a lot of fun there. Your Q&As are, are uh, unfiltered, unrestricted. And I like the VIP tickets. You're going to say, sure you do, JR, my mind, because they cost more. Well, it's a different, it's a, it, they do cost more. And there's a reason for that. There's another event we do for the VIP ticket holders before the show starts. It's, you know, the photo ops and autographs and sign your memorabilia or your swag. You know, I sign cookbooks and encyclopedias and all kinds of stuff. It's cool. It's a little one-on-one time in essence, uh, with a VIP ticket holder. So I like that. And the, fo- the selfies, and the photos, all cool stuff. So that's the VIP ticket. And, uh, that event will be helped before the show. And then we go into our show and then, uh, we do the Q and A's and it's just a fun thing. We have a lot of great stories. Ringside with Jim Ross, laugh Boston. First time we've been in Boston and a great city Had a lot of big memories in Boston, no doubt in my career. So it'll be a fun show to do. And I hope you get your tickets at laughboston.com. Uh, our YouTube channel is free and growing by the way. Thank you for that. That's at jrsvideos.com, so that is the YouTube channel. And I promote it on Twitter from time to time when I, can, when I can get around to it. Boy, our business has been good for our condiments. You know, we, we're in all, we're in over 200 stores in, in the southeastern United States called Ingalls Markets. They're mar- marvelous stores, family-owned. They're, they're works of art. No kidding. They're really cool stores. And so JR's is in all Ingalls. Uh, and... But we're shipping a lot of product to WWE Shop. WWEShop.com uh, does a nice job for us. They really do. Uh, they turn the orders around quickly. They're packed well. Customer service is good. Luckily, I'm knocking on wood now as I say that. You know, hear that? Knock on wood. But I haven't got any complaints about customer service or shipping in forever. Hope I didn't jinx us, but 
it's good. So www.shop.com can help you out there with, they got our beef jerky and the sauces and the seasoning, good stuff. And, uh, I appreciate your business. Really appreciate you guys listening to the show every week. You know that, you know that I'm telling you, but it doesn't hurt to say thank you. And I really do appreciate you tuning in and uh, checking our show out. There's a lot of really good podcasts in our genre from many of my friends and peers that I encourage you to support. Uh, I believe it's important that uh, the more opinions you get, the better opinions you can make and create. And everybody's got the right to their opinion. You know, uh, like I said, I don't know what's on my mind about the May Young Classic. I've been honored to be a part of it. I love what those women believe, and they are so motivated about where they are and what contributions they're making to other women and the women that will follow them in the, in the future. So I'm really a big fan of that whole process. I had a high-level executive call me over the weekend and tell me that the uh, numbers on the WWE Network for the May Young Classic were exceptional. And they were very, very pleased with the delivery. So that's good. Remember that, you know, I, I got to tell you this before we leave, that Podcast One's got their new app, right? I told you about that. It's at the App Store, Google Play. It's a hell of a deal. It's a one-of-a-kind app. It really lets you enhance and increase your experience listening to podcasts. And there's a lot of really good podcasts here at Podcast One, as you guys know. It's kind of the, the NFL of podcast companies. Big deal. And it really is a big deal. And we're proud to be associated with Podcast One. But uh, this new app is really cool. It lets you connect with other listeners, debate topics, that kind of stuff. So it's, it's really neat. And uh, that's at the App Store and on Google Play. And remember, you can find links to all my sponsors at podcastone.com. All you got to do is click on the Killer Deals button, baby, and then drop the bonic elbow uh, on the top right corner of the page. Then uh, click, if you will, the Ross Report banner. Next week on the program, I'm very excited uh, about next week's guest. I usually am excited about next week's guest, but I can tell you that I'm a whole lot more attracted to uh, uh, Celeste Bonin than I am Steve Lombardi for some reason. I don't know. This called me crazy. She wrestled in WWE as Caitlin, WWE Divas Champion, uh, a former uh, award-winning uh, fitness model, entrepreneur, and I thought she really had a, a bright future in the business. Her look was wonderful. She's intelligent, articulate, beautiful woman. But she retired about three years ago. So we'll kind of talk about that. But she's really uh, created a new life for herself as an entrepreneur, a businesswoman. And it's really a cool story. So we're going to talk to uh, Celeste Bonin here next week. A uh, good, nice chat. She won't be called Caitlin on the show because that was her old name. So she's a, she's a joy to talk to. And I'm, I'm sure along the way, Sean Creedle will help us out with our Questions for Celeste uh, on uh, Facebook, Jim Ross BBQ, Instagram, Jim Ross BBQ, and of course uh, on Twitter, at JRSBBQ. That's all that stuff. Good stuff. Good week. Thanks for being with us. I am, uh, as you all know, and you heard me mention, I am going to spend the weekend in Columbus, Ohio, because I'm under the belief that there's a football game there on Saturday night on national television on the ABC television network, and uh, there will be a black hat sighting 
Lord willing, and the creek don't rise, I'll be on the Oklahoma sideline in the team box on the sideline uh, with that black hat on. So somebody sent me a tweet last week uh, that said uh, they were playing the JR drinking game, which is you take a shot of what your preference is every time there's a random sighting of my hat. I would suggest not doing that, and if you are, please don't drink and drive. That's all I got to say. I'm a responsible hat wearer. So I'll be in Columbus, the big game, my Sooners, and the mighty Ohio State Buckeyes. I hear the hospitality is great in uh, Columbus. I have never been to a game at the Horseshoe, the stadium, which is world famous. Their band is like big, big league. It's going to be a great experience. I'm going through my buddy Wallace Marsh. Good stuff for next week. A lot of fun things going on. The weekend's going to be big. I hope my team can come out of the, the horseshoe with a, with a hard-earned victory over a really great team. My former neighbor, Coach Kevin Wilson, just left Indiana. He had to go back home, and he won his first game there last Thursday night with his Ohio State team. He's the offensive coordinator, and now he'll be having his first game in his new stadium hosting his old team, the Sooners. Sounds like a real story to me. So a lot be a lot of fun. So we'll uh, take care of that and uh, give you a little football report next week, maybe on the show. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll be, my feelings will be hurt. And I don't want to talk about it. So it'll be a short report, but it could be good. It could be good. So in any event, I thank you guys for listening. I uh, appreciate your loyalty and support with our program. And uh, don't forget to pre-order Sovereign Knocker. It's uh, still number one on the pre-order list at amazon.com and the audio book is finished so that'll be out in october as well so we're we're done with that so we really are starting to make some big strides we hired a, a high level publicist last week while i was in los angeles doing those seven shows for access tv things are starting to fall into place and then we're getting ready to organize our uh, book signing tour i'll be very active i believe uh october november and december so signing some books and getting out there amongst them. That's what you got to do. A signed book is a soul book. And uh, that's what you want to do. So listen, thanks again for being with us. I really appreciate you guys in more ways than you'll ever know. You've been a real big part of my life this year when I really needed that void filled. And you're, you're doing that every week. And I like, to, I like communicating with you. I like doing this. So uh, have a great week. If you're not an Ohio State fan, please pull for my Sooners. Because our new coach, Lincoln Riley, will appreciate that. And he's got me on the sidelines, so he's not a bad guy. And our quarterback still is Baker Mayfield, who should win the Heisman Trophy. That's all i got to say about that. So from uh, the rolling hills of Oklahoma, I say Boomer Center to all, and to all a good night. And so long, everybody! Thanks for listening to The Ross Report. Download a brand new episode every week at podcastone.com. That's podcastone.com. Trump and the memo. I'm Ed Donahue with an AP News Minute. Trust your FBI director on this. President Trump is back at the White House from West Virginia. Trust your memo, Mr. President. 
On the memo, sir. White House officials say President Trump will clear the way for the publication of a controversial GOP-authored memo, despite objections from the FBI. The memo was prepared by Republicans on the House Intelligence Committee and is said to allege misconduct by the FBI in its investigation of potential ties between Russia and Trump's 2016 campaign. Shots were fired at Salvador B. Castro Middle School this morning in Los Angeles. Two students were injured. The most uh, critical was a 15-year-old male that received uh, a gunshot wound to the head. However, we're placing him in critical but stable condition. A female student is in custody, and the police chief in Los Angeles says they believe she is 12 years old. Police say a gun has been recovered. Another student, a 15-year-old, is in fair condition. I'm Ed Donahue. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.